1075 and AM 1240 as uh, a little bit of everything I talk about this morning from Monday Night Football to the NCAA polls to high school football. Uh, speaking of high school football, we'll have uh, head football coach Terry Morton on at the 8 o'clock hour to talk about his Louisville Tigers. Uh, elsewhere, the Pelicans had a big night last night uh, on a pretty much uh, – uh, injured uh, Golden State team uh, World Cup action. The USA and Wales go at it uh, yesterday, and uh, big, big upset this morning. Though, oh, already. you betcha! Big upset this morning. Uh, I think it just ended uh, within the last half hour, forty-five minutes. Uh, elsewhere, a woman has uh, made it on a Division One baseball team in uh, collegiate action. So uh, we'll go back to Monday night where it all starts. As boy, the 49ers, uh, the Saints play that bus saw this coming Sunday at uh, about 3.30 our time. They they ran all over the Cardinals last night, 38-10. to 10, uh, And uh, Garoppolo uh, hit, uh, had four touchdown passes, I think the most he's had in his NFL career in any one game. Uh, as he hits two to uh, Kittle and two to Ayu, and uh, they pretty much uh, stomp on the Cards. Uh, Cards uh, quarterback, um, Coat to McCoy goes down, and uh, in the meantime, uh, they're bringing a backup, McShorley, and um, he's not able to get anything done. It was already the game was pretty much out of hand in that regard. And uh, the uh, the 49ers, uh, of course, the Saints take on the 49ers this weekend up in San Francisco, uh, game time around 3:25, 3:30. But the uh, last night, uh, Garoppolo. Uh, just it was all his. He was 20 out of 29, 228 yards, four touchdown passes, a rating of 131.9. Uh, um, Eras, uh, Elijah Mitchell got into the game uh, midway through the uh, second quarter, had a pu- couple nice runs, nine carries for 59 yards. Uh, hey, has he been back for a while? This is second week back, okay. and he was injured early in the year. Uh, I'm not sure if he had a high ankle sprain or, or something that was one of those injuries that just can uh, keep you uh, out of the uh, a few weeks, or I should say. They didn't put it, I want to think that they put him on IR. I can't recall. But he was out of action for a good seven or eight weeks. McCaffrey, seven carries, uh, 39 yards, uh, 20-yard run. Samuel had a one big touchdown run of 39 yards uh, for a score and uh, pretty much uh, told the story. Kittle had a big night. Of course, when you have Kittle and Ayuk uh, on your fantasy team, it really helps when you get four touchdown passes. Uh, Some of my uh, my brethren are listening uh, to this broadcast. Meanwhile, Elsewhere uh, for Arizona, uh, of course, uh, Kyle, um, Kyle uh, McMurray was out of the game and uh, Colt McCoy, a substitute in there for him, uh, goes 24 out of 34. Not a bad uh, night, 218 yards, but he had a pick. Uh, McSorley comes in, he's 6 out of 10. He also had a pick. Uh, Connor, uh, the fine running back, who last year I think led the league in scoring as a running back. Uh, I think he had scored. He scored a touchdown last night, but I think he's got a total of four on the year for you uh, fantasy players. Elsewhere, uh, Hopkins had a big night. He's been catching the ball for them. Nine car- uh, nine catches for 91 yards. Dorch, who's a small receiver, uh, he had nine catches for 101 yards. Uh, they had to throw the ball most of the night uh, just to stay in the game and. Uh, Pretty much uh, the 49ers put him away early in the third quarter, and that pretty much uh, sealed the game as the Saints will journey to um, San Francisco this weekend for afternoon conflict. Uh, it'll come on around 325 
uh, in that game. It'll be on Fox at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. It's funny, the 49ers play in Santa Clara, which I'm trying to think how many miles how close is that to Palo Alto and down that area? The strip? Pretty close. Uh, well, it's 25 minutes south. It's at the south end of the bay. Okay. All right. Anyway, Palo Alto is, what, about 50 or 60 miles further south? Is that about right with Stanford? I always is? confuse it with Berkeley, which is oh, closer to Oakland. That's right. That's correct. And I want to say Palo Alto is further Probably, south yeah. of uh, San Francisco, while Berkeley is, like you said, further uh, south of uh, Oakland. Anyway, but uh, Saints will take on the 49ers next uh, Sunday. They're an eight-point uh, dog right now. and uh, But, you know, the Saints, the 49ers with the 38 they put up last night, they're only averaging about 23-and-a-half a game, which is 11th in the league. The Saints are 22.6, which is 15th. But uh, the difference comes, comes in in the defensive side. The 49ers only give up 17 points a game. They're fourth in the league, while the Saints give up 24. That's 25th in the league. Also, the 49ers, the number one against the rush, 81 yards a game. Uh, the Saints give up uh, 132, which is 22nd. That pretty much tells a story uh, with that. But anyway, the Saints, uh, a big win last week. Let's uh, see what happens this weekend uh, against the 49ers. But they've always had trouble with the 49ers. Anyway, football, if you like football, we got it tonight, uh, folks. Uh, Ball State in Miami, Bowling Green, Ohio. And then Thursday, Mississippi State, no Miss in the Ag Bowl up in Oxford uh, this uh, coming uh, Thursday. And, of course, uh, other games on the schedule. The Tigers' journey to uh, take on A&M. I know uh, A&M uh, Tiger fans feel this is a trap game for them uh, with their record and the way they've been playing right now. A&M's got some talent, but the 4-7, and seven, uh, your record speaks for yourself. Elsewhere, the Cajuns, uh, they're going to journey to San Marcos to take on Texas State. That's a Saturday game. Uh, up in uh, San Marcos, uh, Cajuns looking to become bowl eligible. They need that sixth win as they uh, journeyed to Tallahassee last week. And uh, it was kind of rough for the Cajuns as they played a pretty good Florida State team that's ranked uh, uh, as 14 a, to nothing before I found the game. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah it was, <laughs> it was. They, they got the kickoff and they immediately drove down the field and scored on a long 36-yard run. Then uh, they three and out for the Cajuns, and uh, they get the ball right back. And I think with uh, less than five or six minutes going in the game, it was already 14 to nothing, uh, Florida State, the, the Seminoles over the Cajuns. Elsewhere uh, in uh, football last night, I know a lot of people – at one time ESPN used to carry a lot of these games until they could start making uh, progress through – uh, the National Football League, but in the CFL last night, the Toronto Argonauts beat uh, an upset. They say the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 24-23. Of course, the game's a little different up there, as uh, they it's uh, you got three downs to uh, make it, not four, uh, like it is in the states, and also the fields uh, a little longer. I think a little the end longer, zones a little are, wider. Uh, end zones are what twenty yards? I, I want to say, if not twenty fifteen. And the goalposts are on the goal line. I'm trying to recall. I don't. I think I they were. <laughs> in other words, in, in the old days when the NFL before they moved the goalposts back, I think it's six seventy one. Maybe it was. I mean, the wide receivers used to use the goalposts as a defender <laughs> to go past the goalposts to scrape off a defender. Yeah, as, as a pick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and they decided to move it back. And if you recall, well, that was for safety issues more than strategic issues. I agree with that. But if you can recall Tom Dempsey's 63-yard field goal, he uh, – 
he basically kicked it from the Detroit 37, and the goalposts then were on the end line at that time. I think the following year they moved him into the back of the end zone, uh, like in collegiate football, and uh, pretty interesting. So uh, anyway, you know, we used to see a lot of uh, CFL football, and they have a lot different rules than we do. I mean, when they kicked an extra point, did they still kick it from the two-yard line? That's right. And the goal line is, that's, oh, man. That's right. That's right. The, uh, the uprights won the goal line. Not only was it a chip shot, but it may, maybe even a tougher angle. I don't know. Yeah, you got to get it up quick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but the CFL last night, they um, they have it. Meanwhile, uh, the NCAA polls. Why are, is that the first time we have referenced the CFL? They they begin their season in July. Something like so, that. A little and earlier. It, and it, it one time, earlier. I had a couple buddies from this area that played up there. And they have rules that they can only have so many Americans on a team. I don't know if it's six or eight or something of that nature. And there's constant motion. And I don't think it's Americans. It's non-Canadians. You're probably uh, right in that correct uh, assertion. But not too many uh, countries play uh, American football. Right, right. Anyway, uh, with that, also with that, uh, they have uh, smaller teams, uh, meaning numbers, size. They're not 53 squads. They're probably in the 30s. They have players that go both ways. There's constant motion. Meaning you can have five-minute motion, I think, at any one time. I'm being a little ludicrous about that. But I don't think you have to be set at any time during the course of the game. It's wide open. It's an interesting game. Uh, They used to have it on a lot before, as I mentioned, ESPN got going in the late 70s. And uh, until they could work out arrangements with the NFL, uh, we used to get a lot of Canadian football on ESPN. Hey, Shreveport used to have a Canadian football team. That's right. They they did a weird expansion that yes. included a couple of cities in the U.S., and Shreveport was one of them. You're right about that. You're correct. Anyway, as I mentioned, uh, the NCAA uh, polls will be, uh, the collegiate football poll will be coming out uh, later on. Is it this afternoon or late morning? Usually it's 6, uh, 6.30. Oh, so the, the evening, this evening. It, so. I mean, ESPN makes it a pro, you know, a, a Yeah, I know. Deal, yeah, you know? They, they try to. to, uh, they, to they stretch and out for an hour when it could be 10 minutes. Yeah, they, I agree with that. They, they stretch it. I found something yesterday uh, when I was uh, trying to find some uh, things to speak about this morning. These are basically some college football predictions for Week 13 in that regard and talking about the top four teams that will make the playoff. Uh, kind of interesting, too, their theory, and it makes some sense. Uh, of course, they have Georgia as uh, the number one seed. Uh, no sure things, but uh, Georgia looks like one playing uh, behind the defense. That's been pretty good. Of course, Tiger fans are saying, hey, we got a ch- shot at them. They hadn't looked real impressive in the last couple weeks. Of course, they beat Tennessee 27-6 to and then uh, had a rough, little rough time with Kentucky 16-6 to as they get past the Wildcats. Number two team, uh, Ohio State, given uh, the improvements, they think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan uh, and, and that, of course, is the key there. Yeah, and also Michigan's top running back, Blake Corum, went down, I want to say, in the game uh, Saturday uh, against Illinois, and he's dealing with an injury. So, uh, anyway, uh, wonder how that will come into play uh, with the big game this weekend. And I believe it's in the horseshoe this uh, yes. this Saturday. We did look that up. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, TCU, uh, they dodged a big bullet against Baylor last week. They get a last-second field goal to beat uh, the Baylor Bears. Uh, they indicate that uh, they're going to beat Iowa State in the final and then win Tell the Tell you what, 12. if it's another close one, though. Oh. You know, th- that, that'll, you know, and, it wears and, on you. And there's not a, love, a lot of love for the Big 12 in the college football playoffs. So, I mean, I think they need a convincing win to stay in, in that spot. 
Yeah, and uh, that spot, the number three seed, is all predicated on uh, Ohio State beating Michigan and pushing Michigan out of the top four. And, of course, if Michigan wins, then it's Michigan yeah, moving up that's to right. two probably. And it's so. Ohio State dropping. Uh, but the fourth seed uh, uh, here in this particular projection is USC. They think USC can win out. And uh, the Trojans muscled their way in with a close win at UCLA. And uh, they're going to clinch a spot in the Big 12 uh, title game. Not sure who they're going to play in that. But uh, it's not so safe to say it because they still have to play the Irish, uh, USC, uh, in their last game and then on to the championship. But uh, I just found it interesting. They they think if that does fall this way, they think Georgia will beat USC uh, in the uh, – First-round game, that's in the Peach Bowl. And then in the Fiesta Bowl, they look for Ohio State to beat TCU uh, in a game that uh, Big Ten favorites uh, could be caught off guard, but uh, Stroud uh, is pretty much in a rhythm right now. Elsewhere, they think that Georgia is going to take out Ohio State in the national championship game. And I'm trying to remember where that game's going to be played this year. It doesn't mention it uh, here in this uh, notation. Which game? Uh, the national championship game, uh, which they think it'll be Georgia and Ohio State right now. I think SoFi Stadium. Okay, there? I think okay. so. All right. Well, I yeah. heard about a concert that's going to take place at the soccer stadium, uh, either in advance of it or that weekend of. All right. It's a big deal, uh, like you know, a couple of uh, big current uh, uh, pop stars. Well, they also are surmised here with the other four major bowls, of course, being the orange, sugar, rose, and cotton, that the orange bowl looks like it'll be Clemson and Alabama, a rematch of, uh, you know, some of those uh, rivalry games in the, the playoff. In the sugar bowl, they think LSU and Kansas State will go at it. Uh, they don't think LSU can beat uh, Georgia in the championship game, game, championship game but Tiger fans are <laughs> kind of saying, come on down, uh, let's see. In the meantime, over in the Rose Bowl, of course, the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game will end up there with against Oregon in that particular game. And uh, keeping my fingers crossed in the Cotton Bowl. Oregon, by the way, is the other likely opponent uh, in, in the, the Pac-12 Pac championship game. Anyway, in the Cotton Bowl, uh, Tennessee is, has a slot there. Uh, against the Green Wave, they think. If the Green Wave can win out, of course, they've got a tough game uh, Saturday up in Cincinnati against the Bearcats. And if they win that, they come back to Yulman Stadium to probably play the Bearcats uh, or maybe UCF again for the uh, the uh, big championship. Of course, they, they're the highest-ranked seed right now in the G5. So uh, that's the way it goes. But they've got to win out to play in that bowl game. So uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see which, uh, which shakes in that regard. And like you said, uh, later on this evening, we'll see what the college football playoff uh, uh, poll looks like in that regard. So uh, projections, pro projections in uh, uh, college football. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about some other games, too, uh, on the cusp with regards to uh, this weekend. And a lot of rivalry games this particular weekend that will take place. Of course, uh, the big one down south, it's going to be uh, – Ole Miss and Mississippi State, of course, the Tigers' journey to A&M to take on uh, the Aggies at 4-7. and seven. And Jimbo Fisher, I hadn't heard he cries for his job yet. I don't know no, if you've seen I, anything. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, Keith and I were talking about this, uh, just bantering back and forth uh, on the way back from St. James the other night. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher brought in such a great recruiting class, but it's a young, you know, they're, it's a young team. True. And I think you give them another year to, to you know, develop those kids. 
So I, I, I think his job is definitely safe uh, for next year. If they're floundering this time next season, uh, then, yeah, you, you probably uh, have him on the hot seat. And, you know, uh, somebody told me his buyout's close to $80 million. It, it was as of, like, two weeks ago. They, they were computing it uh, just because of the, the tough season. But, no, I, I, I think you have to give him another uh, year. Well, I know uh, Coach Kelly up at LSU is telling his squad that uh, – They've got some talent on that team. They're just not playing well together right now, and uh, we need to go in there, uh, be alarmed and uh, ready to play football this coming uh, Saturday. Well, just like his team, um, you know, pulled together almost seemingly at the last minute, uh, they've probably grown quite a bit from week one to week 12 or whatever it is. And I'm sure Texas A&M's young team is uh, getting better every year, even if the or get better every game. Uh, even if the the results aren't there. So no doubt about it. On the road, too, it's a tough stadium. Um, always great fan participation there with the 12th man. Uh, so, no, it's, it's a tough place to go and win. That it is. And uh, LSU's a 10-point pick, believe it or not, yeah. in that game. Uh, the over and under in that game is a 46-and-a-half. That statistic that just shines for me, uh, that A&M, A&M only averages a little over 21 points a game. That that totally surprises me. I thought they'd be in the mid to high 20s. LSU's coming in averaging 33 a game. And uh, A&M's defense, they give up 21 points a game. So LSU's defense, 20. So uh, their stats here, totally orange, 340 to LSU, 363 for A&M. LSU throws it for 208, A&M for 152. Rushing, A&M, 211 yards a game, 132 for the uh, Tigers. Uh, A&M uh, is... Uh, gives up a lot of yards rushing in the LSU's running backs right now. The little walk on Williams, along, but I did see where LSU lost another running back uh, due to injury uh, this particular uh, weekend. His name escapes me right now, but uh, they're down a few running backs. It's going to be running backs, uh, one or two running backs LSU's going to have available, Kane being one of them, the other one, Williams. I think those are the two running backs that are available for the Tigers right now. I'm not sure where Emery is. I know he was playing uh, earlier this year, but I think he got in the doghouse with some issues. Uh, One was academically, and I'm not sure what the other one was in that regard. But the Tigers uh, fighting through it, Jeff, uh, right now, and uh, they're ranked number six. Of course, Tiger fans, I kind of mentioned, you know, if uh, they beat Georgia, it's going to be the selection committee's going to have a tough time uh, taking both, uh, I guess, Georgia and LSU. LSU will have uh, two losses. I can't ever remember uh, since this playoff system was formed a few years ago where a two-loss team has made it to the uh, playoff round. But we shall see. Our, our Money Goodwin, is that uh, yeah, the that's back you were thinking of? Yeah, that's yeah. who it is. Anyway, so the and, Tigers. And Daniels apparently had the flu this yeah, week. And, yeah. But, but, you know, we heard uh, – uh, well, no, we will later hear a clip. Uh, Brian Kelly talked about, you know, a lot of players uh, getting the flu, but it's been a quick cycle. Like, they're out 24 hours, but then they're ready to come back. Okay. So it hasn't, well, a lot of players were affected. It wasn't lingering. Yeah. So hopefully by the end of the week, um, won't be much of an issue, especially for uh, Daniels. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break this morning, and maybe we'll come back to hear a little bit of that uh, audio. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. 
We'll be back with that clip right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for music on Thursday. It's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. The Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, Jeff, you know, uh, with uh, Coach uh, Kelly uh, basically uh, warning his team about the upcoming A&M matchup uh, uh, Saturday, I believe 6 o'clock uh, our time. Uh, I think you have an audio possibly of that, uh, of his... Uh... I've got a couple of thoughts here. Uh, Coach Kelly, uh, during his press conference yesterday, said he came to the SEC for a chance to win a national championship, says the conference definitely lived up to his expectations. I know that anything has really surprised me as much as I think, you know, being in this business as long as I have, I think I got to know the SEC and how difficult it is from week to week, and it's lived up to that. There you go, no doubt. Tigers have struggled uh, against an off-the-field opponent uh, the last couple of weeks, talking about the flu having swept through the team. Freshman phenom Harold Perkins had his breakout game with the illness. Wide receiver Kayshawn Booty uh, tried to play Saturday night while sick but wasn't able to go. Kelly says the team has been fortunate, though, so far. I want to play. They want to fight through it. And, and generally, we've been very lucky that that it's been a quick-moving um, uh, flu in terms of 24 hours. And once once they get through it, they've been able to bounce back and, and play for us. 
So there you go. And Tigers prepare again for Texas A&M. And again, Kelly says the team's very talented but inexperienced. You know, you can see at times it is really scary. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, there's, there's a loss there of maybe uh, some focus. And, but this is a, if they put it all together, it's not a team you want to be around when, when they put it all together. There you go, Coach Kelly. Uh, and again, some of that's coach speak, but but there was some truth to that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, of course, you know, the running back, uh, Noah Kane, really helped himself uh, to get more touches uh, come this Saturday as he, he plowed through uh, the UAB line for 76 yards on 13 carries and three scores. So, uh, uh, not so um, pretty good for him. Uh, Williams, uh, of course, uh, the walk on has been getting a lot of touches. He's uh, really playing uh, well for the Tigers, of course. And, you know, when you think about it, uh, John Embry fumbling twice against UAB didn't help his cause. So uh, Josh Williams will get a larger role, I'm pretty sure. Coaches see he's dropping the ball on the ground. Not good. And, uh, you know, turnovers come into play. Uh, also, uh, in that regard, uh, the Tigers. Who's the Denver Bronco running back? He fumbled it two or three times. Gone. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Adios. See ya. Adios, here's your walking papers. So uh, in the meantime, uh, the, the Tigers are uh, just uh, uh, waiting to see uh, what's going to happen uh, Saturday night. Uh, I'd game. I think that game's going to be on ESPN, too, if my memory serves me correctly, too, uh, Jeff, uh, with the regards to the Tigers and LSU. Yeah, ESPN, the main channel uh, for – you uh, cable people look for ESPN, Kyle Field, College Station, 6 o'clock kickoff uh, against the 4-7 and seven, uh, Aggies, the 6-2, and 9-2 uh, Tigers, excuse me, uh, playing a big ball game. Of course, LSU has already uh, qualified for the uh, SEC championship game. They're the lead in, uh, even with a loss, they're still there. They're guaranteed that spot to go against uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, in a game uh, that's going to be played, and that game's been played for the last uh, many years in in Georgia, and uh, of course the Bulldogs uh, with Athens. It's time to move that around. Yeah, see it in Birmingham, maybe, or uh, possibly uh, Tuscaloosa, or just uh, into another stadium, uh, possibly the Superdome. Oh yeah, well, why I mean, not? Seems like an obvious choice, and. You know, certainly Florida's got some facilities, too. Um, you know, again, you obviously want to keep it in the southeast, and you want to keep it in states that participate in, in the conference. But uh, move it around. There, there's some venues. I know they like the idea of a dome, and they can guarantee the weather that way. But still, you know, uh, to, to play it in Miami or uh, Tampa's stadium, uh, the Superdome, uh, there are options. Dallas now. I mean, is an option. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, especially with Oklahoma. And that is going to take place next year or the following year? I'm I don't think to... there's any guarantee before 2025. That's that's the date I thought was coming into play. Of course, uh, the schedules have to all be rearranged. And if anybody knows football schedules today, a lot of them go out 10 years outside oh, of yeah. the conference without a conference games, setting up uh, your four games because most teams – have eight conference games they take on each year. And with the 12-game schedule, uh, you're looking at uh, basically uh, uh, four out-of-conference games, and those are set up years in advance. It always makes me giggle, you know, when I see, uh, you know, mark your calendar for 2032 when these two teams are going to hook up, and it's like, yeah. 
And, you know, most of the SEC schools, I can't say all, but most all, play eight home games. They'll play uh, their four conference games uh, and four away. And then most of the time, not all, but most of the time, they'll play at least uh, uh, three out-of-conference games and a couple patsies they'll throw in there to get the teams ready. And uh, uh, and, and there are money games for others. Uh, that's right. Know. That's right. Where they'll play a big game. Uh, LSU has played in Dallas. They played in Houston uh, with against Texas. Against uh, who was it? Uh, UCLA one year. Uh, t- Texas one year. I'm trying to recall. Of course, that, Florida State at the Superdome. Was, that's right. This yeah. past year. That's right. So uh, they try to uh, keep it that way. And most of those big schools: Alabama, Tennessee, Florida. Those type schools, Texas, Oklahoma, they're going to play those type games. Kind of be exciting to see Texas and Oklahoma playing in the SEC uh, day in and day out against some formidable opponents other than the uh, uh, Big 12. Yeah, Nick Saban has said, and, and he's not going to be the first one to do it um, because of competitive balance, but he thinks Power 5 schools should only play Power 5 schools. Oh, wow. But, but again, you don't want to be the first one to do that because it's going to be that much tougher to get yourself into the title game Yeah, that, not the only, way things are currently. Yeah, not only that, but uh, uh, basically the smaller schools won't reap the benefits of these $2 million right. payouts You know, when they journey to one of these big uh, gargantuan stadiums, whether in the Big Ten or the uh, SEC right. or Pac-12 or the Big, uh, big 12. Yeah, but but I, I think, you know, it's... I'm sure, well, I, I don't know. Maybe you have some information on this. Uh, I, I don't know if a season ticket holder pays the same amount for the Alabama game as the Alabama-Birmingham game. Uh, true, and, true. And if you are paying that same price, it seems to me you, you want a good game. Yeah, that, and I do know when uh, Tiger fans purchase their tickets, of course they have a, a little gift they give to the Tiger Athletic Foundation mm-hmm. with regards to your seating priorities, too. So uh, I've seen uh, that dollar amount being uh, uh, in the, into the uh, four, low four figures to uh, seat in certain areas. And then I don't know how many suites they have in Tiger Stadium now, but uh, those are pretty penny to uh, sit in as you share with other friends and all. So uh, I know that for a fact. So, uh, and uh, it's uh, just, I can remember sitting in Tiger Stadium, in the old Tiger Stadium where it sat 60,000. And uh, they'd, they'd be full up uh, during the game. And most of those games were at night. And uh, uh, my old uncle uh, had uh, season tickets from the 30s. And uh, he would be up in the press box since he had a press pass. And he'd give them to others, uh, his children, or, or occasionally when we clamor for him for the LSU Tulane game back then, uh, we'd have perfect seats. Uh, matter of fact, Bob Pettit sat right mm. by me, and he'd always stand up in front of me. And, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, you Bob. See, you couldn't see the play <laughs> developing. Anyway, uh, with that. Anyway, Jeff, uh, changing gears right now, going from football to uh, uh, the NBA. Boy, that last night uh, – the Pelicans just put it on the uh, the Warriors last night. Of course, the Warriors was, were without some of their better players. I don't know if Clay Thompson played last night or the uh, Curry uh, in the game last night, but the Pelicans, gee, the Pelicans beat them one twenty eight to eighty three, uh, and the Pelicans right now sit in first place with a ten and seven record. Uh, the Jordan Poole led uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors with twenty six points. And uh, just looking at the player stats here, don't see uh, Thompson, don't see uh, Curry. So the fans were uh, cheated a little bit. But uh, 
uh, the, uh, the Pelicans just uh, blew past uh, Golden State. Uh, don't know if they were injured or, or sick or whatever the case may be because Clay Thomas Thompson played the night before in Houston, so not sure how that came about. Ingram led uh, the Pelicans with 34 points, followed uh, next with 19 was Graham. Hell, the Pelicans bench uh, played a lot of minutes too. Just I think the bench outscored the starters. Uh, also, Williamson played, only played uh, 23 minutes, scored nine points. Uh, that That's the first time I think he's come back in f- three or four games as he's missed with uh, some type of um, bruise or ankle for that regard. McCollum scores 21 elsewhere in that. Uh, Marshall had 23, Daniels 20, uh, 22 Graham, as I mentioned, Alvarado 16. That's coming from the bench. Larry Nance Jr., 17. So, uh, big win there for the uh, Pelicans as they take down uh, the Golden State Warriors, the defending uh, NBA champs. Uh, New Orleans sits in first place with a 10-7 and record, followed uh, with Memphis at 10-7 and also uh, in that regard. But uh, the Pelicans had beaten them uh, a few nights earlier. Uh, Utah out west. Uh, Phoenix is in the driver's seat in the uh, Northwest Division, over in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics still lead by uh, four games. Uh, in the Atlantic, in the Central, it's Milwaukee. That's also uh, 12 and four. And uh, in the Southeast, it's Washington at 10 and seven with the NBA. So uh, a lot going on right now uh, in sports, and we got a couple more things to talk about uh, in the World Cup. Also, a woman uh, making it in Division One baseball, some high school, and then we'll have Coach uh, Terry Martin from the Lorville Tigers to come on and talk about his game Friday night in St. James. So stay tuned. Uh, this is, You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, November the 22nd. We'll be back right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kang Road, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on uh, Big Tuesday, uh, November the 22nd. Of course, uh, most of us uh, who were alive back in uh, 63 remember this day vividly. as the, This was the day John F. Kennedy was assassinated in downtown Dallas. In uh, uh, that regard, so 59 years ago, wow! Three years ago, I'm in Dallas to um, watch the Blackhawks, and it's, um, November 23rd. The Friday was November 22nd. In fact, uh, we're driving out to Dallas, listening to you call a Catholic high playoff game. But um, so Saturday, we had a little time, and I'd never been to Dealey Plaza. Yes, and so we had a little time, and so we walked on over there. And as we were approaching, we noticed. A lot of people on the grassy knoll. And next thing I know, we start to see this caravan uh, of vehicles, and it was... Uh, Deja vu? <laughs> it was it was uh, planned uh, staging of... Uh, what's the term? Uh, not caravan, but... Uh, per, uh, well, uh, I know what you're saying. The presidential... Uh, motorcade. Uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, we just happened upon it, and it was weird. All these people watching it. Obviously, it had been publicized. And uh, so people were there, and uh, what was really weird is seeing all these people on the grassy knoll with Blackhawk jerseys. There are a lot of Blackhawk fans, but it was cool that we uh, stumbled upon that. Yeah, it was something. If you've ever had a chance to go to Dallas and go to the grassy knoll, I took my picture there a few times and went through the uh, tour up in the book depository on the sixth floor and did all that. So it's pretty interesting, unique to see, and uh, uh, of course, I'm one of those uh, conspiracy theorists, so... uh, Anyway, I remember the movie Shooter when uh, the old gentleman mm-hmm. <laughs> when they went to see him. He said, "Yeah, still got the shovel where we buried those three guys in the desert in Arizona." Anyway, uh, going back to sports here. Of course, the men's basketball poll has come out. North Carolina is number one, followed by Houston, uh, Kansas, uh, Texas, and Virginia. Uh, the basketball program, of course, is still suffering in the athletic department through the, the deaths of those three young football players. Uh, they've, Jeff mentioned to me off the air they even canceled their longtime rival game against yeah. Virginia Tech for this weekend. So I uh, didn't realize both teams uh, didn't need to play this game. Uh, it's an unfortunate to, to reference, but didn't realize uh, the Cavaliers were sitting at three and seven, one and six in the ACC. The Hokies three and eight, one and six in the conference. So. Yeah, not a lot of motivation to play that game, unfortunately. No, you're right about that. Anyway, just looking for uh, some of our local schools uh, and about uh, that uh, SEC schools. Of course, uh, Arkansas is ninth. Indiana, uh, legendary Indiana team, the Hoosiers, are coming in 11th. Auburn's 13th in the uh, AP poll for men's basketball. Kentucky, uh, I think they've, they've already dropped two games this year. They're 15th. Uh, elsewhere, Alabama's 18th, UCLA 19th, uh, UConn 20th, uh, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Maryland, Purdue, and Iowa round out the top 25 in that regard. Uh, and uh, also this one, Louisville is 0-4 for the first time since 1940-41 mm. season. So uh, the Louisville Cardinals 
Wow. Who and and there's a couple of reasons why that takes place. One, it's been a solid program, but you're also not always playing the best competition in those first four or five games. So uh, pretty pretty shocking that they'd be 0-4. And, and again, not knowing who they've played. but yeah, That's right. Anyway, on the women's side, uh, of course, uh, South Carolina, the defending champ and the number one uh, rated school in the country. Uh, Stanford, number two. And matter of fact, South Carolina beat Stanford the other night in a close ball game, I think, out on the coast as the uh, Gamecocks took down the Stanford Cardinal. UConn, who forever it seems like they won national championships, kind of South Carolina's pushed them aside right now. They come in third, Ohio State, Iowa State, Indiana. Notre Dame, North Carolina, 8th, Iowa, ninth, Louisville, that's the ladies, uh, coming in 10th. Coming in at 12th, uh, Kim Mulkey's got her Lady Tigers at uh, number 12 at 5-0 and right now. Uh, they've moved up a couple spots, and I noticed recently she uh, also garnered uh, commitment from the number one uh, ladies uh, recruit in the country. So hats off to Kim Mulkey. Uh, she's at LSU now trying to build that program back to uh, substantial to where they're uh, in the uh, tournament uh, year in and year out and fighting for some national championships. Good coach. I still remember playing with Hammond, uh, the Hammond High School tours uh, with their pigtails flying all over the place in high school back in the 80s uh, for Kim Mulkey. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, uh, Jeff, uh, quickly we'll talk about it before we get Coach Martin on. Everything in the world right now is taking place in uh, Qatar as the World Cup is underway. Other I realize, than drinking beer. Yeah, uh, that's right. I don't, did they allow them no. to have uh, any type of alcoholic beverages? Th- uh, there are certain zones that may, but not on the stadiums, not uh, in and around the stadiums, but there are some zones where they're allowing it. But, uh, again, it, and, and by the way, if you're heading down Main Street, uh, we've got some uh, folks doing some decorations. So uh, every once in a while there's going to be a lane uh, closed or not closed, but uh, a vehicle parked in the lane uh, as they do some work. So uh, be careful downtown today, this yeah. morning. Yes, and uh, of course it's day three of the World Cup. But we, we want to flash over this a little bit because, I mean, the rest of the world is highly involved in this particular tournament. The U.S. yesterday uh, took on Wales. They started off 1-0, then uh, Wales made some adjustments. They tied the game up late. Tell you what, uh, on a penalty kick. Yeah. But um, I, I watched uh, listened to about the first... 50 60 minutes of it and uh, they made it sound like and again i'm a novice i i wouldn't know a good match versus you know whatever Uh, but they made it seem like usa couldn't have played a much better first half and into the second half but then uh (laughs) then what yeah uh that's uh, what i read i I missed the tying goal Uh, i was coming from the office to the house and uh, didn't see the uh, tying goal, but I was surprised it didn't go into overtime. Apparently, they yeah. don't do overtime in the first uh, the, the in the first round of games. Yeah. Okay, only through the championship rounds, uh, the, the final elimination 16. games. Yeah, the, the final elimination 16, games. I think it is. Anyway, the big uh, big word going around this morning, uh, it happened uh, maybe an hour or so ago, is that Argentina got beat. That was huge. By Saudi Arabia. And, you know, I, again, I don't know much about international soccer. I don't know much about local soccer. But uh, what I did know was that was a huge upset. And then I read uh, it's a historic proportion. That's right. Uh, of course, Argentina, along with Brazil, France, uh, uh, believe, I don't know if England has won it more than maybe once or twice, but France is a defending champ right now. And I think I, I think Argentina had won 36 straight matches where they scored first. Okay. And Messi did score at the 10-minute mark, and then uh, 
couple of goals uh, early in the second half for uh, the Saudis, uh, shocking the world. Yes. Uh, games today, if you're interested in uh, following the Cup, uh, basically Denmark is at Tunisia. That's a, a 9 o'clock game on Fox 1. Uh, group C, it's Mexico versus Poland. Might have a few people in this area might be watching it. And, uh, and that game's at 11 o'clock on Fox. I'm not sure if that's Central or Eastern time. It's probably Eastern time, so maybe uh, it'd be closer to uh, uh, – 10 o'clock our time. Elsewhere, uh, France is at Australia. Pretty good game uh, later on this afternoon on Fox. So uh, uh, we'll see how that's going to take place. Tonight in college football, Bowling Green's going to be at Ohio uh, on ESPNU. And uh, I think they've got a couple other games. Of course, the World Cup, a lot of chatter, talk going on right now in that regard. Uh, so we'll see what uh, transpires. Also, um, Trying to think if uh, if uh, other little notations I have here with regards to uh, talked about that coach Coach Martin Terry Martin will be on uh, at the eight o'clock hour, which will be in the next few minutes and all. So uh, we'll I have do, him on. I do have one random note here right. uh, talking about streaks, and this is a pretty impressive streak. Uh, the New Jersey Devils won their thirteenth game in a row, and for eh, that's like a sixth of the season. That's right, that, 82 yeah, games, that's yeah, right, or oh, matches, excuse me. And so uh, to win 13 in a row, uh, very impressive to start the season. Uh, with that, uh, one last item before we head into uh, the, um, the uh, I guess, get Coach Martin on, is that a young lady at Brown University has made her uh, hardball team, not softball, hardball team, and she uh, plays the infield and outfield uh and she uh, tried out for the team, made the cut. Uh, there are 31 players on that Brown team. Uh, so she, in essence, is the first woman to be on an active roster in Division One baseball history uh, in the NCAA. So uh, congratulations. Still have the young lady's name. Maybe we take our break. I might come back and uh, tell you. But in the meantime, uh, uh, Anything in there to as to whether or not she's likely to play regularly? or Good question. I, I don't know those answers, uh, but I did see that this morning uh, on one of the uh, news clips. And uh, she uh, hats off to her. You know, they've had a lot of young ladies that can play with the guys, I can assure you. Uh, the first one I think of uh, in basketball uh, – uh, what was the uh, young lady's name that could play with the boys? Uh, she's now up in age. Uh, she's probably in her 50s now. Lieberman? Yeah, Nancy Lieberman. Uh, could play with the guys, I mean, and push and shove with them is with the best of them. So, uh, anyway, uh, hats off to the young lady. Uh, so, with uh, her debut coming, uh, I guess, this uh, spring, because Brown will probably won't play baseball sometime in late February. March, early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about unless they come well, south. Where is Brown, I was going to say? Yeah. Uh, Brown University. University is in, uh, I want to say New York, maybe Ithaca, New York, uh, up there with, uh, up in that area. Uh, that's a good guess on my part. Yeah, so- sounds about right. Um, but you're right. They do come down and play in some round-robin tournaments uh, in the south. Uh, you know, you see yeah. UL and LSU hosting all these northern teams uh, early on in the season so they can get some work. And I know... You know, uh, our baseball team practiced in the gym for the first month or so before the snow would melt and you could get outside. Yeah, with uh, not only that, but they got batting cages. But, of course, live pitching is a lot different than batting cages, but still you get some work in. And that's uh, the difference in that regard. So, 
Anyway, stay tuned. Uh, we're getting ready to get Coach uh, Terry Martin of the Lorville Tigers on the line in the next few minutes. So you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 AM, AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Morton right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for music on Thursday. It's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. The Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Louisiana high school sports. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, uh, November the 22nd. And on the line with us is head football coach uh, Terry Martin of the Lorville Tigers. Good morning, coach, and as always, welcome to the program. Good morning, y'all. Thank you very much for having me on this morning. Yeah, coach, uh, journeyed up to St. James. I guess Vashery is the uh, area we speak of uh, where – the Lorville Tigers journeyed uh, this past Friday night. Uh, Coach, uh, things started, it's, they were kind of rocky starting off as a uh, center snap uh, gets past your punter, and uh, the they, St. James goes ahead and score. But you go ahead before halftime and tie it up on an interception return for a short distance. But uh, the game's all tied up. Things are looking good. And, uh, boy, the third quarter just doesn't turn out to where you'd hoped it'd be. Correct, man. And then, you know, again, when you get to, to play teams like that, those little bitty things or little errors that you make can, can you grow into, you know, big time problems. And like you said, you know, we started off kind of slow. We got the ball first, had a high snap on the punt and, and gave them a really short feel, you know, within the first minute or two of the game, you know, they're already up by a touchdown. Uh, 
But like you said, you know, early on defensively, you know, we we knew we were going to have trouble stopping them, and we have to put pressure on them. Uh, you know, they they have some really talented receivers. We knew we'd have trouble covering them, but also, you know, they have an SEC quality running back. So early on, it seemed that we kind of got to him a little bit. Uh, when, when he threw the ball, we got quick pressure on him and gave him trouble and actually slowed down their run game a little bit in the first half. But uh, as we kind of talked about earlier, you know, when you send pressure, uh, you know, you send backers, especially linebackers, it's one of those things that, you know, you, if you do everything right, you know, you, you should be able to stop them. And you, a lot of times you get a loss. But, boy, if you, if you miss them, you know, if you miss a tackle in the backfield, have them wrapped up and they somehow get out, you, you, you know, you're looking at where they're going to get a big gain. And, and uh, you know, where we were able to contain them uh, in the first half and, you know, kind of slow down their offense a little bit. And, and, again, we, you know, we moved the ball, you know, decently at times, you know, like, you know, score a touchdown uh, in the second quarter. And then, like you said, get that big play, have them backed up. Uh, and I think it's Kane Olivier that, you know, got, got up in the air, tipped the ball. And then one of our linebackers, Trace McHugh, you know, picked it off and, and was actually just walked in the end zone. He was about on the two-yard line when it happened. So, you know, we're feeling pretty good at halftime. But still, you know, you had that little feeling that if, if any little thing went wrong, you know, they, they could put up points in, in a hurry, and that's exactly what happened. You know, we sure didn't help with, with the turnovers. Uh, I think we had four on the night, and uh, three of them came in the second half and all, unfortunately, all led to, to scores uh, on, on their part. You know, their back had a big game again. You know, we knew how good he was. And then on a couple of those runs, you know, again, we had him, we hit him in the backfield, but just couldn't quite hang on. And, w- and once he got past that second level, you know, it was all over. You know, he really ran well. And so they kind of pulled away with it in the second half, but, uh, you know, couldn't be proud of how hard our guys played. You know, played hard till the end. And uh, just a, a, a real resilient group. You know, it seemed like we had a rocky year. You know, we play well one week. You know, then, then we we dealt with injuries the entire time, and even in this game, by the by the the end of the game, you know, we probably had three more of our starters, uh, guys who had injuries. You know, who had battled injuries all year, who had to come out in that game. Uh, you know, and you know, kind of had to drag them out. You know, because they definitely didn't want to come out. Uh, uh, one of them for sure in, in his last game of his senior year. So, you know, we were just kind of really short-handed at the end, and physically, I think it kind of took. You know, the season had taken. It really took a toll on us, and it showed right at the end of that game. Coach, uh, I know you had a little trouble uh, getting up there, too, uh, or at least your equipment. Uh, did uh, did that affect uh, that slow start at all? No, not at all. No, not, not at all. I mean, we weren't really behind that much at all. Again, I was really nervous that, uh, you know, we had uh, the, the, the truck that pulls, uh, the coach that pulls our, our big equipment trailer. He started having uh, trouble with his truck, uh, I want to say right before Franklin. And uh, luckily, he actually called uh, Braden Bayard. You know, Bayard Transportation, they're a huge sponsor. I was going do a lot of uh, different things for us. And he had a truck in the area, uh, you know, got a guy to come with one of their trucks. And, and uh, just kind of funny, the coaches made, made comments, said it was like a NASCAR uh, crew. <laughs> they, they, they unhooked and hooked that trail up so fast that we kind of just got out the way and they said, before we know it, we're back on the road. So it, it only put them about 30, 40 minutes behind. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, you know, luckily for us, again, we have some people who can help us out in times like that. Because if not, you know, we would we would have been in a bind. We couldn't have played, obviously, because all the player, their helmets, shoulder pads, all of the equipment, we put them in travel bags and we put them in that big trailer. And uh, so we definitely would have been in a bind had, had they not been able to get there. But uh, but again, just uh, you know, a real tradition-rich program. 
and how nice were, were their facilities. I, I mean, mm-hmm. the stadium, the brand new school. Uh, you know, I'm, I, a couple of times I looked up and it, was, it looked like it was one of those double decker press boxes. I mean, you know, really nice, nice facility that they have out there. So, all in all, you know, uh, you know, second round game for our seniors, you know, second round playoff game. But hopefully for our younger kids to go to a place like that and experience it, you know, it kind of helps build on the future for them, you know, and get them a little more used to what it is to play a big-time team in the playoffs, and hopefully down the road that'll help us. Yeah, and, and got to get used to uh, the 2A and 3A combination of teams in that division. Uh, I guess for now. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, again, I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure there's going to be uh, there's going to be some different type of proposals come up uh, in January. Uh, the big thing is that they changed the uh, – uh, it used to be you had till November 15th to write or submit any proposals that you want to put up for, you know, for the following year to vote. Well, this year, uh, the, exec- the executive committee, they, they decided to move it back to August 15th. You make it even sooner. So, uh, you know, that, I- I'm not sure if that's going to have an effect or not on what will be able to be brought up. Uh, I know that there, you know, again, I think we talked about it before. There were emails kind of circulating around. Uh, talking about certain things that may be that may come up, uh, just uh, I, I think let's just say that this January may be a little more interesting than than normal gotcha. when, uh, when when the, the ads and the principals get together to vote at the end of January. And I, I'm, I'm I mean I'm pretty positive this whole thing is going to be addressed. You know the way that everything came about. So uh, you know as as of right now you're right. You know it's four divisions on each side, but uh, you know whether that stays the same or not, you know that that still you know remains to be seen. No doubt. Let's talk about the Laurelville fan base. Uh, a lot of folks made that trip up uh, to St. James. Absolutely, uh, and you know, again, that's that's been one of the great things about this community from the beginning. You know, they they we always have a good home crowd, and we normally travel really well. And uh, I, I kind of you know looked. Normally, I don't really see anything too much is going on in the stands. Uh, I don't really pay attention to it that much. But uh, at different points in the game, I did. Uh, Happened. I think I went to get something out of my backpack, and, I, and and it did look like. I mean, we had as many people as they did. Uh, you know, we did really did have a good crowd to follow us, and I definitely could hear them uh, throughout the game. You know, when uh, unfortunately it didn't happen as much as I would have wanted. You know, when something good happened, but but I definitely heard them. Absolutely heard the band throughout the night. You know, our our, our band director and our band they do a phenomenal job at all of our football games, and I definitely heard them whenever we had big plays. So. Uh, without a doubt, again, uh, a phenomenal community to be a part of, and they, they did travel really well this past Friday. Gotcha. Talk a little bit about your off season, uh, and again, balancing kids playing other sports as well as uh, working out in the weight room and stuff like that. Well, we uh, we typically uh, I give them that first week that that we get back. Uh, I use it as a, a week to, to meet with my seniors. You know, I meet with them individually. We do exit interviews. Uh, I have to go ahead and inventory all of our equipment and, you know, kind of get all that stuff rounded up. And uh, so I normally give them one week off, you know, where they kind of have like a uh, – they go on the field, they throw the football around, they have just a week free. You know, just a lot of them, you know, a lot of times it's kind of nice that the holiday falls where it did because, you know, like I said earlier, a bunch of them would beat up pretty good uh, physically. So it gives them a week to recover, you know, a week to unwind. But, but but by the end of that week, it, I mean, honestly, it, it, it drives me nuts to, to, that they're just kind of not doing anything. Uh, you know, I, I'm meeting with the with the seniors, but by the end of the week, I, I'm dying to get started again, and, and we jump right into it. Uh, a lot of times, we'll we'll do more of a three day speed week, 
and a two-day weight room right at the beginning because we, we just put such a huge emphasis on, on, on trying to teach our kids good sprint technique, uh, trying to get them more athletic overall. We do a lot of jumping, a lot of change of direction stuff. And uh, initially, we'll do that three times a week and get and do the weight room twice. But then after about a month, then we flip it and, you know, we go more to a three-day weight room routine and two-day speed jump routine. And, and I mean, it carries on through, throughout the spring, you know, and then until when we start spring football. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it was kind of nice that it fell this week. You know, we'd obviously much rather be practicing. But, uh, you know, we'll get back into it uh, next week when we get back to school. I'll do my senior interviews, and then we jump right back into it, you know, entire offseason. Gotcha. How's the basketball teams looking, uh, both boys and girls? Uh, I would imagine they've got uh, things underway. Well, they, they always uh, – for so many of our kids are multi-sport kids. Uh, you know, a lot of them play basketball. A lot of them play baseball. So, uh, in fact, most of our, our – our, uh, those kids who do both have already, you know, yesterday with their, their respective teams with their off-season conditioning and those type of things uh, – because our, our baseball guys have been at it for a while. and um, But basketball-wise, our boys coach normally, because there's so much crossover, he normally doesn't start playing the games until right around the beginning of December. And uh, and so, you know, this, so they'll be getting cranked up with that. Uh, like I said, I'm getting ready to leave right now and, and, uh, and take my son to, uh, you know, the baseball. That They'll have their regular uh, off-season workout, but then they're, they're starting to do stuff at the field already. You know, put up nets, trust start getting there. All, everything ready in the cages and all those things. So uh, those guys really don't get much of a break at all. You know, they jump right into it. Uh, Coach, so, you know, again, like I said, you, you get a little bit of breather, but then, then we get started right away. Coach, I was just a curious question. Uh, I don't know if you know the answer. What's your total enrollment from 9 through 12? Uh, nine, just nine through 12, probably, if I remember correctly, probably around – in the 350 area, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you, know, you, think, around, uh, you think you think St. James is at 500? Uh, they're probably pretty close. Uh, I would say that you know there would be low 500s, you know, upper 400s. Okay. And in fact, you know, again, they, we were actually really close to that 3A line this past enrollment. Really? Oh uh, wow. And I don't. Uh, that definitely. Well, we might have been the number two and number three school. And uh, and, and just again with the, with the way that I you know I bury a parish is a little different than than. I'm actually very different from what I was used to in St. Martin. Uh, as far as uh, it's it's a it's a good academic school. You know, it's one of the higher academic schools in the area, and so you get a lot of people trying to come in from other areas. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, not many athletes. You know, uh, but but uh, but a lot of kids from other areas that are coming here because of the school itself. And so it just seems to have kind of pushed our enrollment up uh, okay. over the last couple of years. Well, and, and I know our seventh grade group is, is a really big class. And I, I mean, the only reason I know that is because my wife is the principal at the elementary and my twins are seventh graders. And she, you know, she made a comment uh, when they were getting ready to come to the junior high this, this past year. She said, get ready. You know, there's a chance y'all enrollment is going to go up because this is the biggest group we've had leave this school. So, uh, you know, I would think that our, our numbers are trending up. Okay. Uh, as far as our enrollment, uh-huh. uh, you know, again, I don't see too many, you know, there's not too much areas at all where we can grow. Yeah. I'm not sure where we're going to put all these kids well, that, you, that we're getting now. You know, I'll put in a plug uh, for your principal, Ms. Bache does a great job, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's been one of the best I've ever been around, to be, you know, to be quite honest. Uh, the, the way she balances athletics and academics, obviously. Uh so I don't know, man. Within a year or two, we might actually, you know, it may not matter this division stuff. 
you know, we, we may be looking at a three-year enrollment in another couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, in fact, if, if we are close to that, that three-year enrollment. Well, very good. Coach, uh, again, it's been a pleasure. I know you, well, I guess you are working this week the way it sounds. Uh, uh, pretty much, pretty but, much. But uh, enjoy the break as much as you can. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on on these Tuesday mornings as well as Saturday mornings. But, uh, again, uh, we'll do it again next year and uh, check in with you on occasion and, Hopefully I'll see you on the hard court, too, uh, at some point during the basketball season. Sounds good, man. Look, very much looking forward to it. Thank you all for everything that you all do for high school sports. You know? Yeah, you're welcome, welcome Coach. Uh, have a nice Thanksgiving. You too. Take care. Thanks. Appreciate Coach Terry Martin and all the coaches we've had. Uh, we still have Coach Antoine uh, at least one more week and hopefully beyond that uh, as well. But uh, we have appreciated these coaches coming in, uh, again, uh, not maybe the best time for them, but they've been taking 10, 15 minutes uh, a week uh, talking to us uh, on these Monday through Thursday mornings. Yeah, it's been pretty nice. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, quality time, too, uh, at school where they meet with kids and teach and everything else. And want to thank them for taking uh, time out of their schedules to be with us uh, each uh, week during the football season, and uh, hopefully we can continue this on Kane Radio. Meanwhile, today in sports history, November the 22nd in 1908, the first United States-Japanese baseball game reached All-Americans as they defeat uh, a Japan squad 5 to nothing. In 1910, uh, for you PGAers, uh, Arthur Knight patents the steel shaft of golf clubs on this date 1945 rams rams in the cleveland rams until before they moved to los angeles jim benton gained 303 yards in receiving uh, set an nfl record a single game receiving record it stand for 40 plus years until flipper anderson eclipsed it with uh 15 catches for 336 yards, though he did it in overtime. So the regulation game, Safon Page of the Chiefs did it in 85 with 309 yards uh, in that particular year. Elsewhere in 1950, 7,021 get to see the Fort Wayne Pistons edge the Minneapolis Lakers. Yes, that was before they moved to Detroit and Los Angeles, 1918. I guess that was before the three, uh, uh, the 24-second clock. Elsewhere in 1956, Boston shooting guard Bill Sharman's hits 10 free throws in the Celtics' uh, 101 win over the Warriors, and it began an, a free throw streak of 55 games. Of course, Sharman uh, was the coach of that Laker team back in 72 that won, I think, 33 in a row, which is the NBA record. In 1957 on this day, Mickey Mantle wins his second MVP award. He won his third win back in 62. In 1961, Frank Robinson of the Reds wins his NL MVP. He wins it again in 66 with the Orioles and also the Triple Crown that year. 1961, uh, St. Louis Hawk Bob Pettit, former LSU All-American, sets an NBA record hitting 19 out of 19 free throws in a game. I think that record has uh, been eclipsed with 24 in a row by, I think it was Michael Williams back in 92. Elsewhere in 65 in his second title defense, Muhammad Ali scores a 12th-round knockout of Floyd Patterson in Las Vegas to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. 1966, the 32nd Heisman Trophy Award to the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier, wins it. Of course, Spurrier, not only was a quarterback on that Florida team, he kicked the extra points and was a punter. In 1986, a 20-year-old by the name of Michael Tops Tyson becomes the youngest heavyweight champion in boxing when he stops title holder Trevor Bobbick in round two to earn the title. 
Birthdays today, uh, one of the ladies of the tennis, 1943, born on this day, Billie Jean King, 12 grand, grand slams and 39 total grand slams, born in Long Beach, California, 67, Boris Becker, the German uh, tennis player, uh, Wimbledon in 85, 86, and 89, born in uh, Lehman, Germany. Of course, he was famous for the, Bo- the Becker <laughs> boogie. Elsewhere, the quote of the day comes from George Brett. Uh, great quote here. He said, if a tie is like kissing your sister, losing is like kissing your grandmother without teeth. <laughs> George Brett. Anyway, uh, that's it today in sports history, uh, Jeff, November the 22nd. Uh, uh, further on tonight, uh, we've got uh, soccer all for the next, what, fortnight, Papa? Yeah. Uh, so we'll have soccer all over the place. Anyway, that's it, Jeff. All right. Uh, again, big thanks to our guest today, Terry Martin, head coach over at Lauraville. And we thank our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep, District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Corner Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center.